2: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: Kevin Herter to get it in. Everyone standing at State Farm Arena.
3: Herter looks, lays it into Trey. Two seconds one. Trey slaughter.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Edub, taking you on another journey of Atlanta Hawks basketball. We are back, folks. (laughs) Welcome into the show, man. Sunday evening basketball at State Farm arena uh our old pal Lloyd Pierce was in the building <laughs> as the Indiana Pacers took on the Atlanta Hawks Hawks walking away barely with a uh, a 131 to 128 decision um taking care of business tonight in a must win game. I mean, it's pretty safe to say that all their games from here on out are kind of must wins. Um, The 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 margin of error for the Hawks is very slim, very slim. They're clinging to that tenth spot in the east. And uh, I mean, they got the dub today, but it feels a little sour. It feels a little sour. We'll talk about that a little bit when we get into our game flow, when we kind of examine the numbers and kind of talk about what we saw during the game. It was good to be back in the building tonight. Um, Good energy tonight. Shout out to the Hawks uh, for Hispanic, um, I think it was Hispanic Heritage Night. Um, All of the themes, and all of the things uh, that were happening like during the timeouts and stuff were geared to. Hispanic heritage and Hawks did a great job with that like I sometimes I forget to talk about some of the things that they have going on outside the outside the court but uh Hawks do an amazing job in the community they do an amazing job with um, the entertainment package that they have for um, for the fans that come into State Farm Arena so salute to them salute to the promotions and entertainment crew that puts on everything it was really good really good but yeah, like I mentioned earlier, Hawks get the one thirty one to one twenty eight. A a just a marvelous shooting night from Trey Young. Uh forty seven points, five assists. And uh the boy couldn't be stopped. I mean, the boy couldn't be stopped. And um when the guy is is hitting like that, it's it's hard to um I, I don't I don't know what you say. I mean the boy the boy had it going tonight from from all aspects of uh the court <laughs> from from far from close from the line. Uh Trey was just really good tonight. 14 or 14 from the line, 13 to 20 from the field, seven of ten from three. Um what can you say? What can you say? Forty-seven points is forty-seven points. The Pacers gotta give them credit, man. They fought like hell when I thought that there was an opportunity that Trey was probably going to sit the whole fourth quarter because I was like, yo, Hawks at one point were up by 19. I think it was in the third quarter. Uh, It was either in the third. uh, Yeah, I think it was in the third. That's kind of the the quarter. Well, not the third quarter. Second quarter was, was the Hawks' big quarter. And I think the beginning of the third. And I'm wondering, okay, they're up by 19. They can get this thing up to like 30. Maybe Trey sits in the fourth quarter. Wasn't the case. <laughs> Wasn't the case. Uh, second half, the Pacers came out, started trapping Trey. And it, it it was a new ball game. New ball game. But let me get rid of some of this housekeeping first and foremost. Again, you were listening to the Hawks Beat Podcast. Uh, a podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Edub. We are presented and brought to you by the Minute Media Podcast Network. Um Yeah, (laughs) I was about to say something else, but I like yeah, that's what I had to say. I'm sorry. That's what I had to say. We're brought to you by the podcast, by the uh, Minute Media Podcast Network. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms. A big part of what we do is on social media. So connect with us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hit us up, at Hawks Beat. And while you're at it, subscribe to the pod. Let us know what you love about the show. And leave us a five-star rating while you are there, because that would really help us out, and we greatly appreciate it. So, get that out the way. A little um, storylines before the game, man. Um, this was the third of force meeting third. I'm sorry. Let me start that completely over. <laughs> this was uh, the third of four games the Hawks and Pacers will play this season. They have one more game. Um, I believe it's in Indiana. I'm not quite sure. But three out of four. And um, all four of those games, Trey has had double-doubles. Like, Trey had five straight double-doubles versus the Pacers. And four straight 30-10 games coming into tonight's game. Now, tonight wasn't a 30-10 game because he didn't get 10 assists. definitely went over 30 points. So, Hawks, uh, again, coming into tonight's game. They, uh, they had won 12 of the last 14 at State Farm Arena. So, if you guys remember, earlier on in the season, they were having trouble winning games at home. And you're like, yo, what's going on? So, it's good to see them kind of establishing uh, those, those home wins again. Uh, 12 or 14 before the game, but So, by winning tonight, they have won 13 of 15 of their last games in State Farm Arena. So. Uh, State Farm is becoming a tough, tough place to play, you know. And uh, that's good news for the Hawks. As far as the injuries go, John Collins was questionable with a right finger sprain and right foot sprain. So, he was in street clothes tonight. And I don't know what kept him out the game, if it was the right foot or the right hand um, or if it was both. Not quite sure on that, but for whatever reason, He was a no-go tonight, and uh, Danilo Gallinari was the starter for him. Um, The Pacers were missing a bunch of guys. I mean, they had no Malcolm Brogdon, no TJ McConnell, no Ricky Rubio. Turner's out, TJ Warren's out, and they are a team that is, I guess you can say they're kind of tanking, but if they don't lose, if they don't win games, nobody's really upset. (laughs) Right? Like, nobody's really upset. At one point during tonight's game, while they were down by like 15, I saw Carlisle look over at his assistant, Lloyd Pierce, and they shared a laugh, like, you know what? I mean, it'll be nice to win this game, but if we don't, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to get a draft pick, right? That's kind of where they are with theirs, you know what I'm saying? They got the two young guards from, um, from Sacramento and, um, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. And um, that's kind of what they're going to build around, I I imagine. You know, you still got Brogdon in the fold and you have some pieces there, but I think they're pretty much punting on the season. I think they're pretty much punting on the season. And this team, I mean, you're headed in two different directions. The Hawks were 12 point favorites coming into tonight's game. 12 points! <laughs> like you know, what I'm saying you have to handle business when you're a 12 point favorite, and they still only won by three, and they limped to the uh, to the finish line, man. Limped to the finish line. But um, what we'll do? Well, let's let's take a brief pause. And I'm going to let the network, if they need to uh, throw in a commercial, I'm going to let them throw in a commercial. If not, uh, just be a just a brief pause. Then we'll come back and get into the game flow. You're listening to the Hogsweep podcast. I'm your man, Edub. We will be right back. All right, folks, let's get into it. All right. So um, I feel the, the other day I entitled one of my podcasts, A Tale of Two Halves and I feel like I could almost title every podcast I do with the Hawks a tale of two halves because this was a tale of two halves. Uh, The first half was good for the Hawks. Second half, not so good. (laughs) Out the gate, man, the Hawks, um, they come out with some good energy, man. Good energy. Um, I think uh, they started the game like on a 15-6 to run. And you're just telling yourself, like, okay, this might be an easy night. Hopefully, they can get up on this team that's not really playing good basketball. They're not, you know, you look at a starting five, and you're like, who are these guys? I had no clue who some of those guys were. Outside of Halliburton, outside of uh, Buddy Heald. I don't know any of those guys. You know, so they jump out. It was a 13-5. to I'm sorry. Let me check my notes. It was a 13-5 to out the gate. And of course they're not just going to blow a team out like, you know, from jump because these guys are pros too. Um, and in the first quarter here's here here's something that I did not age well, guys. And I, and, and I don't have no problem making fun of myself. I have no problem making fun of myself. I do not take myself seriously and I have sports opinions and I get them wrong. I said you're only going to go so far with Halliburton and Buddy Hield as your best players. <laughs> I don't know if, if Tyrese Halliburton had somebody looking at my notes and was like, oh, okay, word, I'm about to show you because Halliburton went off in that fourth quarter. Uh, I believe he had like 14 points, and I even asked Coach uh, McMillan after the game what he thought about Halliburton, and I'll see if I can get that sound for you in the third segment. Halliburton played a whale of a game, bro. <laughs> he had played a play whale of a game. And you you have to give the boys credit. You got to give the boys credit. Finished with 25 and 10. Uh, 9 of 15 shooting. And uh, he was just, he was really good tonight, man. He was really good. You got to tip your cap. And if Trey doesn't go for 47, we might be having a whole nother podcast title. And a whole, we might be talking about something completely different. But... In that first quarter, I thought that both units played really well, um, and I and that's the note that's the note I put on my um on my stats. I mean on my on my notepad. Both teams played really well. Both units. Second unit came in and played well with Bogey and those guys, Delon and and Lou. I thought all those guys had good minutes. They did a good job of mixing. I thought I thought Nate did a good job with that. Let Hunter run with that second unit. Um, yeah, uh, Herder and Bogey, you know, uh, with those guys. And he did a good job, I thought, of mixing the lineups in that first quarter. Uh, if Of course, it helps when Trey drops 14 in a quarter. <laughs> Five of eight shooting, three of four from downtown. And you just had the idea that something special was going to happen tonight. And uh, it was. I mean, any anytime any a player goes for 40-plus um It's something special, but Hawks outscored the Pacers 37-28 in that first quarter, and okay, they're they're shooting 60% from three, 67% from from the field, and you're wondering, how long can you keep this up, right? Second half was kind of the runaway quarter, I thought. Uh, They only outscored the Pacers by 10, but they put up 40 in the quarter. That's a lot of points. Like, that's a lot of points to put up in the quarter. Um... And Trey Young had damn near half of them. He had almost half of them. Nineteen points in the quarter. He goes four or five from three, um, and just he makes all seven of his foul shots. And he was just he was just in a zone, you know. And when Trey's cooking like that, you just give him the ball and get out of the way. Um, I thought that going into the half. You're up 59 to 77, and I thought that third quarter is typically the quarter where they play trade the whole quarter, and I thought the third quarter was going to be the runaway quarter. I thought the third quarter is going to be the runaway quarter because you're going into the half, and you're up a substantial amount. 59 to 77, so what's that? 17, that's 18 points. Did I do the math on that one? 60, 17, yeah, yeah, you're, excuse me, guys, I wasn't that good at math. You're up 18 points at half, and so you're thinking, okay, third quarter, we can kick this thing up, you know, put a couple more on it, we can maybe sit Trey in the fourth quarter, and he can be fresh for tomorrow because you got a back-to-back, right? Not the case. The Pacers came out in that second half with a, you ain't finna let... We ain't finna let Trey beat us. Everybody else gonna have to beat us mentality. They started doubling Trey as soon as he crossed the half-court line. As soon as he crossed the half-court line. And the Hawks seemed like they had never had a. It seemed like they never dealt with that before. And they had. You know, that, that was kind of the frustrating thing. Like, y'all know, y'all, y'all know what to do. Like, why is everything all of a sudden... It just seemed like it just knocked them completely off what they wanted to do. Um, The ball movement in the entire second half was not good to me. Um, I watched the fourth quarter. I left the game around the third quarter. And I was listening to Dominique and Bob on the way home. And Dominique was like screaming, like, look, there's no ball movement. There's no ball movement. And he was right. Like, you know, like, Nick knows basketball when he sees it, right? And there was no ball movement. Like the ball just stopped. It would get stuck. It just wasn't. It wasn't free flowing like it was in the first quarter, in the first half. Um, Even though Trey went off in that first half, there still was ball movement. You know, they were doing a lot of switching. Indiana was in that first quarter, and guys were getting wide open shots. Second half switched up the whole defense switched up the whole defense, and uh it gave it gave the Hawks fits. It gave them fits. So, so even though Trey had 47 to finish the game with, you had the idea that he may go for, like, 60. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he had 33 in the first half, and the second half was pretty much Indiana. I mean, Indiana just had a, um, once they went to that, um, that defense where, you know, they were trapping Trey. Um, the Hawks had a hard time adjusting. They had a hard time adjusting. Give them credit because they did adjust and they did what they had to do to finish the game. But when I tell you it got close, guys, it got close. Scoring in that second half was 69 to 54 in favor of the Pacers. 69 to 54. In favor of the Pacers. Uh, Trey had 14 and a half. But, you know, they did just enough to win. Just enough to win. And that's the crazy part because, look, man. You're supposed to be better than this, right? You're supposed to be better than this. And I'm wondering, is it going to get to a point where, where you realize, you know what? this Hawks team maybe isn't who we thought they were, right? I don't know. I'll I'll speak a little bit later on that, but you're supposed to be better than this. You're supposed to be better than this. Uh, Chris Kirshner put out a great tweet, I thought. Well, I mean, it wasn't really a great tweet. It was just a a stat that I found mind-boggling. He said the Hawks gave up 1.3 points per possessions to the Pacers, which isn't good, who were on the second night of a back-to-back and only had eight players available. Good God. <laughs> Yo, 1.3 points per possession is not good. Against a team who was on the second out of a back-to-back without their stars. Like, I mean, Tyler Halliburton was out there with a bunch of dudes from, from the YMCA. No disrespect to them dudes. And no disrespect to dudes that play at the YMCA. I'm just making a statement. Hawks had all their guys except from John Collins. You know what I'm saying? The number was 12. That was what you guys are favorite boy, favorite by. Ugh. I mean, and so that's why I say Hawks did get the dub, but there's a bit of sourness that comes with it. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's a bit of sourness with it. Because, like, look, man, this Pacers team, they're they're 23 and 46. You know? And and, and let me say this. These are three guys that started for the Pacers. And if you know who any of these three guys are, I want you to tweet me and say, hey, I know who that guy is. O'Shea Brissett, Terry Taylor, and Isaiah Jackson. Now, most of us know uh, Therese Halliburton and Buddy Hill, so I'm not going to disrespect them like that. O'Shea Brissett, Terry Taylor, and Isaiah Jackson. You know them three guys? Because I don't. I don't know who them dudes are. Dwayne Washington Jr., you know him? Played 34 minutes tonight, scored twenty two points for the Pacers. Keep for Sykes, Jalen Smith. Dudes was off the bench. Jalen Smith had thirteen points. Dwayne Washington Jr. had twenty two off the bench for the Pacers. Um Yeah, man. So bittersweet. You got the dub, and that's really all that matters at the end of the day. It's really all that matters, and so i'm not i'm not I'm not crapping on them. I'm just saying like, where are we with the expectations, right like where are we with the expectations of what this team should be, what this team is, and you know they got the dub, and so you wonder like you got the dub, but y'all kinda y'all kinda <laughs> y'all kind of stumbled to that finish line, so it is what it is, man. Uh, again, everyone's talking about Trey, everyone's gonna know about the forty seven points. <clears throat> I thought the supporting cast was decent. I thought the supporting cast was, was was decent. They knocked down shots at to the tune of fifty four percent from the field and forty four percent from downtown, which is very respectable. So when you look at the supporting staff, um I thought they did very well. I thought they did very well. Um could they have made more shots once they once they started hedging Trey and started doubling him? Mm, possibly, but I thought overall the ball movement wasn't that good. Um, I mean, but when you look at the final stats, I mean, you had seven guys in double figures tonight. You know, of course, Trey leading the way with 47. You got 13 apiece from Bogian and Onyeka, which is good. Um, Hunter Gallo had 15 apiece. Clint had 10. Herter had uh, 14. So... Uh, that's balanced scoring. That's balanced scoring. So, you can't be too bad about that. But um, I think one of the bigger takeaways is that, look, you – that second half was just bad. Just wasn't good, man. Like, you know, I don't know what happened to the defense. Um Let's do this. Let's pause just a moment because I want to get some sound. I want to get some sound. I want to let you guys hear from Nate McMillan and hear what he had to say about what happened in that second half. So we're going to pause just a brief moment. Uh, If the network needs to throw in a commercial, cool. If not, we're just going to pause and I'm going to get some sound from Nate McMillan. And let's hear what the coach has to say
2: wins but after a really strong first half where, where did you kind of see the second half the indiana pacers able to get back in there Well, we we knew they were gonna to have to be aggressive and uh you know what they did uh we've seen that all season long you know trapping tray, uh we call it hitting tray, you know putting two guys on tray. you know you just gotta keep your space in it and continue to be aggressive i thought we uh sort of relaxed and allow their uh, traps to uh, become a stop sign. We just, you know, was trying to get the ball to Trey and, and and play off of that. And you know, it's, it's just simple: uh, space the floor. You, you got two on the ball, you move the ball, and you look to attack it and be aggressive.
1: That was Nate in his opening statement, just talking about um, how they responded to Trey being trapped all the time. You know, they're like, "Look, man, you got two guys on the ball; somebody got to be open." got to spread the floor make the open shot you know move the ball and they didn't do that very good for two half for, for the second half and so you wonder are they not being told what to do are they just not executing um, I always say the gray area is probably the truth is always somewhere in the middle uh, I don't know if they were coached and, and they were ready for, for what was happening. And I don't know if they were executing. So I think blame has to fall on the coaching staff. And blame has to fall on the players. So um, that's my perspective. I also asked, um, I asked Coach McMillan after the game about Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton had a brilliant fourth quarter, scoring 14 points. And uh, he was just giving the Hawks fits, bringing the Pacers back to, I think, as, as close as uh, down by only two. And I, I was just curious on his thoughts about, you know, what he thought about Halliburton. And he 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 he, he had some glowing things to say about the Halliburton kid. Said he really liked him. And uh, I got some sound for that, so I'm gonna let you hear what Nate McMillan had to say about the Pacers' Tyrese Halliburton. Here we go.
2: Learn on wins, but after a really strong first.
1: My bad, now it's was wrong one. Here we go. <laughs>
2: Zoom. we we'll to Edwin Powell. Coach Tyrese Halliburton is a young, up-and-coming player in this
1: league. He had quite the fourth quarter. Um, what did you see out of him, and just what was he doing to give you guys kind of
2: fits in that fourth quarter? I didn't hear who you were. Tyrese Halliburton. Oh yeah. I, I mean I, I like I like him. I really uh, like his game. <laughs> Uh, You know, he's he's under control out there. Uh, He was basically just uh, initiating the offense. You know, if we had some breakdowns, uh, he was able to uh, get into the paint and score. Uh, If we uh, made a mistake and, uh, you know, with with their uh, pick and roll, small, small pick and roll action. I thought he did a good job of executing that. If we had uh, if we made the mistake and put two on the ball, he was finding uh, those shooters. Uh, he does a really good job of uh, creating offense. Uh, he also has the ability uh, to score, and with his size and with the uh, the shooters that they have, I thought he did a good job of uh, you know forcing our defense to collapse and kicking the ball out to those guys for three point shots.
1: So uh, Nate has some glowing things to say about Mr. Hollabird, and and rightly so, man. You know he had a really good game. I think he has a very promising future. Uh, I apologize for disrespecting him and saying that when he's your best player, you're only going to go so far because the boys got skills. And to be honest with you, I've always liked the Halliburton kid, right? I've always liked the kid. I think the world of him. But, uh yeah, man, he balled out tonight, man. So kudos to you, Mr. Halliburton. And uh just wasn't enough. But you showed that uh this team, that you got a lot of heart. You got a lot of heart and uh, you're going to be a very good player in this league. Uh, last little bit of sound from uh, from the press conference was uh, just Trey's opening statement, uh, asking him about the game, and uh, let me get that sound for you as well.
2: second
3: half that allowed them to make this one close. Um, I mean, I think we just got kind of caught up whenever they went in boxing one, and, won. and um, I think we were – pretty smooth even in the second unit because uh, they weren't they weren't doing that and I think we were able to score and then whenever I came back in they went back to the box and one or not, not necessarily box and one but face guarding, and uh, just not letting me catch it and then whenever I did just double team I think we we kind of just didn't know what everybody didn't know what to do whenever we got into that position and um, we went over it before but we've uh, we got to be better in that situation and I think that's kind of what we're going to get back into the game
1: Here's what I find interesting about a statement he said, well, we, we, we didn't really know what to do. But then he said later, uh, well, we kind of been in that situation before. So, is you, did you, <laughs> which one is true? Did you not know what to do? Or did you know what to do and y'all just weren't executing? Because you said that you were in this situation before. So, if you were in this situation before, the coaching staff had, had uh, I imagine that they told you what to do when this happens. So, I'm likely to fall on the side that it's execution and not necessarily coaching. However, when they don't execute, it's part of the coaching. So I guess, you know, look, the blame doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. You got the dub, so we're splitting hairs. I'm not going to worry too much about it. But the problem is this, man. Like, it's, it's this team has a problem closing out games. Yes, you got the W. And you're gonna, you you put that W in your pocket, and you're going to stack as many of those as possible. However, uh, there, are some, there are some reasons for concern. If you're trying to get into the playoffs, if you're trying to make a run, there are some reasons for concern. So, that's just some post-game sound from Trey and from Coach. Um, we spoke with Onyeka, but I don't really find anything too newsworthy about, um, you know, and... and There's no shade against Onyeka. I love Onyeka, but it was just, you know, I just wanted to run the clips with Trey and McMillan. So, as far as my takeaways are concerned for tonight, and I got three quick ones for tonight's game. And let me be clear when I say this. My three takeaways from tonight's game. Number one, I still feel that this team thinks that they are better than they really are. I still feel like this team thinks they're better than what they are. Like you're a below average football, I mean you're a below average basketball team. And I get the feeling that y'all walking around here like y'all the returning champions or something. And I know I've said that before, but I just get the feeling like, yo man, like and, and I guess that's good that this team is confident. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be confident, but you have to be understanding and cognizant of your holes and things that you're not good at. And I don't feel like this team really understands that. That's just my opinion. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. That's just kind of my opinion. Number two, I feel that this team, when this team gets hit hard, I sometimes feel like they got a problem hitting back, right? And and I, about two or three pods ago, I questioned the toughness of this team. And I stand on that. I stand on that. I wonder how tough this team is. Sometimes I see, okay, yeah, they got it in them. And sometimes I'm like, I don't think they got it in them. Right? Like, I just don't think they got it. There's certain teams that have that tough uh, mochisma, that tough moxie about them. Miami. You know what I'm saying? Toronto. Detroit. You know, they may not be the best teams, but they're tough. I don't get that from this team. I don't. And last but not least... I still don't see this team as a viable playoff team capable of making a playoff run. Now, listen to what I'm saying. I said I don't see them as a viable team capable of make, making a playoff run. Does this mean that they won't make a playoff run? Absolutely not. I could be wrong. I could be dead wrong. I was wrong last year. I didn't think they was going to go as far as they did, and, and they did, surprisingly. But this year, I just don't see it. They're going to have to surprise me again. Period, point blank. They're just going to to surprise me again. So um, those are my three takeaways from tonight. And uh, nevertheless, if you're going to learn a lesson, it's best to learn a lesson with a W. <laughs> right? It's best to learn a lesson with a W. Uh, Hawks have a game tomorrow night against the Blazers down at State Farm Arena. I'm sure there's plenty of time to get your tickets if you want to. Um, so let's break down how the week is for, before we get up out of here. Uh, tomorrow night. The Trailblazers are in town. Uh, On Wednesday, they head to Charlotte for a big game against the Hornets because those two are kind of battling for that ninth and 10th spot. Going to be a big game on Wednesday. And then Friday, you have John Morant and the Grizzlies coming to town. Oh, boy. (laughs) That is going to be a doozy. So, um Yeah, man, you want to pick up (laughs) if you can pick up these two games before the Grizzlies come in town, that would be advantageous for you (laughs) if you're the Hawks. But we're going to take it one day at a time, man, and that's just how we're going to roll. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out the Hawks Week podcast. Uh, Again, follow us on social media, uh, swing by the uh, Apple Podcast, give us a five star review, and uh, let us know what you love about the show. And as always, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. So if you don't know him, you need to find him and show him love because that is all he is showing you. L-O-V-E love. We out. Peace. Freebeats.io. Freebeats.io.
2: Freebeats.io.